don't know what day it is or if it's morning, evening, or afternoon, but thank you for joining us. I'm Daniel Hargrove. I'm Justin Domashevitz. We've also got our trusty producer, Andrew Gross, here with us. we got lots of fun stuff to talk about. Most of it's Seahawks-related, but we'll mix in some other football. And I'll tell you why. Why? There was a point during the Seahawks game where I actually started rooting against them. Ooh! <laughs> I like where this is going. But first, let's go with the two-minute drill. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Hello. Gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Hey, two-minute situation. 44 seconds. Hand the ball around. Gun duel right, gun duel right. Three jet buckeye. Don't worry. Three. The two-minute drill starts now. Daniel, after Ohio State dismantled Clemson in the Sugar Bowl, should the Jacksonville Jaguars consider selecting Buckeye quarterback Justin Fields with the first pick in the NFL draft instead of presumptive number one, Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Well, there's two schools of thought here, Justin. The first one is they should draft neither and let Gardner Menchu be the card, the quarterback oh, of the future, yeah. or they should let Gardner Minshew go to a well-run organization so that he can actually succeed. I'm not going to go as far as Andrew as saying that he should go be the Patriots' next quarterback. Ew. Because that would be gross. Ew. Which is probably why Andrew would want that to happen. Gross. So I think that they, sh- if they are going to move on, which would be better for Gardner Minshew, if and when somebody else gives him a chance, they should go with... Come on, they should probably still go with Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> You made that mostly about Minshew. I know. Barely about the question. (laughs) Justin, should the Miami Dolphins consider going with Gardner Minshew? No, that's not the question. Should they consider selecting a quarterback with their early first round pick? Or has Tua Tagovailoa, who was absolute trash today, done enough to secure his spot as the franchise quarterback? I think it's hard to judge these quarterbacks so quickly. And Tua's only about, I don't know, like 10 games in. To his career, and he only and he got pulled early a couple times as well. But this is kind of a unique situation because third overall pick in the NFL draft that you got, uh, you acquired via trade, That's weird. and you have a pretty good team built around it. So I understand the argument for considering another quarterback, but you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, you're not going to get Justin Fields, so you're going to be pick, you're going to be left picking from whatever the other scraps are. I think you'd be better served. To build up the offensive line and the wide receiver group, get another weapon for Tua, and really try to make a big, big push in the next couple of years. I like it. The San Diego Padres traded a handful of prospects to acquire former Cy Young Award winner Blake Snell last week. Daniel, did the Mariners make a mistake by not trading for Snell? No, they did not. The Padres have built up their team so much that they have a good team. Their window is now and even after trading those prospects, they have built up their farm system so much that they are still considered to have a good farm system. And the Mariners are really close to this. The Mariners are a year or two out from being in this same position, and when they are in this position, they should do the exact same thing. Their farm system is loaded right now, but they're not quite there with the now talent. Once they are, once these some of these young guys move up, then they can go out get that starter or two that they need, and then they'll be perfectly ready to go finally compete in the playoffs. Not just to get to the playoffs, but compete in the playoffs, and that's what we're all hoping to see. Former NBA MVP James Harden recently added the Portland Trail Blazers to his list of acceptable trade destinations. Justin, should the Blazers try to bring in Harden? Well... God, no. No! (laughs) 
So I just realized that before the show, I thought you were asking me that question. Yeah. And I was just going to yell no, a la Michael Scott. You can still yell no. I think the way you did it was just fine. Okay. And I realized I totally stepped on your answer. And then as I was just reading it, I was going, oh, my bad. Well, here's the thing about this. I, I mean, I feel like increasingly as time goes on, the more like the most likely scenario continues to be Harden probably gets traded to the Sixers, probably reunites with Daryl Morey, and Ben Simmons is probably going to Houston in that deal. Is it weird that this is going to end up happening in season instead of before the season? It is kind of weird. I thought, I thought it was weird. That but it was a really short offseason. That's true. Which that's didn't true. leave for as much time. And also, Harden didn't really seem to get to like the peak of his bad attitude until like a couple weeks before the season. So... I guess there's a part of me that really wants Houston to do like Pittsburgh did with Le'Veon Bell and just be like, no, screw you, dude. (laughs) We've got you under contract. We're not going to let you act like a child and then give you what you want, which sets us back in some way. Like if the, the Rockets could actually get a really good deal for Harden, then yeah. And in fact... I read an article earlier today that had some of potentially what the Blazers could offer to get Harden. And some of those deals I was looking at, I'm like, if I were the Rockets, heck yeah, I'd do that. Because some of them bundled guys like CJ McCollum and Gary Trent and Zach Collins and Nasir Little. And and in some of those, you're not only (laughs) like all of them. Besides the one that just set up said straight up Dame for Harden, which is a ridiculous, Uh, preposterous uh, thing. uh, Every single (laughs) one of them included C.J. McCollum. Ah! And for me, I don't want to trade C.J. McCollum straight up for James Harden. So the idea of adding anything else to that deal as a Blazers fan is ridiculous. But if I was the Rockets and I was staring down the possibility of picking up guys like C.J. and Gary Trent and Zach Collins, and actually one of the deals had Yusuf Nurkic in it too. All this young talent, you have a chance to bring it in. Yeah, but for the Blazers, heck no. None of those deals make any sense to me. No. You know who I would bundle CJ McCollum and some other good players with? You know, there's like three guys in the league I would do that for. Okay. And none of them Paul play George. guard. No, and none of them are Paul George. <laughs> you can get out. No, it would be, there's three guys that it's I can Paul think George of. Paul George won the head-to-head, I'm just saying. It's LeBron James, duh. Yeah. Kevin Durant, of course. And Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. Those are the only three guys that I would be like McCollum and other good players for. Because they're, A, players that I think personally would work better with Lillard. Anthony because Davis is another one. That would be tough to pass on. Yes, I would also agree to Anthony Davis. But the thing, that's the toughest thing, is I love McCollum so much. He's playing so well right and now. And he's playing amazing. But the only problem is it's tough to have two short guards that have defensive matchups on your team. It just is. I love both of them. Yeah. And but it's hard because I think they're both amazing players, but the fact that they're both on the same team makes it hard for them to realize their full potential because when you have both of them on the floor, there's usually someone bigger and stronger than them that's hard for them to defend. Because we're in an NBA era of tall ball where like lots of perimeter players are somewhere between 6'6 six, six and 6'10. Six, yeah. So it does make it hard. It it helps to have the additions of Robert Covington and Derek Jones Jr. Because they are tall and long, and they're both really good perimeter defenders. But it doesn't change the matchup when 
there's two small guards on the floor for the Blazers, and at any given time, most other teams have one small guard and then a kind of big guard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I totally see what you're saying. It, it makes it hard, and I love the addition. And by the way, the Blazers, in my mind, have struggled a little bit to start. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be understandable with a super short offseason. Yeah. And it's earlier in the year. My dad was freaking out the other day. He's like, these guys can't shoot. They're terrible. Robert Covington, who's this guy? I thought they were supposed to be good at defense. It was it was that game that we were both watching at the same time, which right. was it where defense just ended up breaking. It was against it the Jazz. It started really good and yeah. then ended up breaking down really badly. Yeah. But I also think... Like you, you just brought in two guys from other teams very recently that have a great reputation for um, on-ball perimeter defense, and they're trying to figure out how to work within the parameters of the defense that the Blazers play. And there were a few times during that game where I felt, especially with Derek Jones Jr., that he just kind of got lost of, of what his responsibility was on mm-hmm. any given play. So I think that will get better as the season goes on. And also, you're going to see... Covington, through his whole career, has been a spot-up three-shot hitter. And he hasn't done that very well up to this point. So you will see that increase at some point. It's been slow so far. And by the way, my dad was super excited after they beat the Lakers. Yeah. They beat the Lakers, and he was like, oh, okay, I'm on board. (laughs) And I was like, right, because that's one thing is Covington gives you an option of somebody who might have the ability to cover LeBron as best as you can. I'm not saying you can never shut him down, but before Covington, they were just like, yeah, uh." let's throw Mario Hazonia at him or (laughs) Gary Trent and see how that goes. Exactly. And Trent's a good defender, just way too small. Exactly. So at least it gives them the option. So I, I don't know. I still think that in the long run, this is going to be a good Blazers team and they made the acquisitions they need. It'll take a little bit. Mm-hmm. It'll take a little bit. Agreed. Anything else from the two-minute drill you want to get in on, like uh, how Gardner Minshew is, is going to be amazing? I actually really think the way you answered that pick, that question, the Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Fields question, was so much better than anything I could have possibly imagined. <laughs> because you ignored the question, and then you talked about Gardner <laughs> Minshew for 30 seconds, and then you were like, oh, yeah, there was a question in there, and then you went back to answer it, and you were like, eh, eh, I don't know, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Which was fine. I guess the thing, like, for me on that one, Trevor Lawrence is not just the best prospect in the draft. He is regarded as the best prospect since Andrew Luck, probably. Mm -hmm. And Andrew Luck was one where there was like, okay, this is a franchise quarterback. And, like, since we don't know anything about quarterbacks, what you're really saying is not that he's guaranteed to be a star or win you Super Bowls. You're saying he's guaranteed to not be a bust. Yeah. You don't really know until a guy gets into the league. Yeah. But I think just because Lawrence has always been considered through his whole career to be like that kind of prospect, you still probably need to go with him. Justin feels like really dang good in that game against a good Clemson defense. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I don't think Fields is going to be bad. No. But we've seen Lawrence win national championships. Mm-hmm. We've seen that side of his game. We've also, I mean, sure, he has a little bit of a hiccup here. Yeah, he wasn't really bad. In he the wasn't game. really bad. I think he's still going to be good. I mean, it's not his fault his defense allowed 49. You, you look at Andrew Luck, it's funny to me that people just keep going, Blur, the best since Andrew Luck, Blur. And you're like, well. Andrew Luck never turned out to me. I mean, he was right. good. Well, and see, that's the part of it. But that, he was hurt all the time. But that was kind of my point of it was, like, we wouldn't have been able to tell that Andrew Luck was going to 
be great, but yeah. you can tell that, and okay, this guy is not going to be a bust. You know what? I would be more okay with people comparing him to Andrew Luck. I don't know. I went that way, but the last time I heard people talking to him was, this is the best since, this is the best quarterback prospect since John Elway. And I was like, okay, you guys were saying Andrew Luck was a better prospect than John Elway. <laughs> Probably the same. But people. now you're skipping over him just so you don't look bad. Yeah. Like, screw you, guy. You were purposely forgetting Andrew Luck because he didn't turn out to be as good as Russell Wilson and you're purposely skipping past him and going to John Elway and I'm like you had people in between there dang it I think most of these teams who are looking for a quarterback and they're not getting Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence should just try to stink for another year and get Sam Howell that's all I'm saying yeah I would be there except for I really wish that I could have seen Sam Howell play with his full UNC squad Mm -hmm. against what was it, A&M? Yeah. Instead of, like, half his team because his teammates don't really care about the rest of their teammates. I, I have some, <laughs> as you know, Daniel, because we texted about it a little bit, I yeah. have a lot of different feelings about the way that game went for North Carolina. It's hard. And I, and I won't bore the listeners with most of it, but I would say thank you. two things. <laughs> two things. One is I thought Sam Howell, after – Starting that game with a disgusting pick in probably the most catastrophic way possible. It was bad. He came back and played a hell of a game. I totally agree. And I thought, you know, not having his number one receiver and either of his two great running backs. He didn't have his number one receiver either? No, no. What's wrong with these guys? So his number one receiver opted out and both of their great running backs opted out. And knowing that and watching what not only how he played, but also how, how he composed himself and how he was continuously like talking to other guys and pumping other people up on the sidelines, whether things were going good or bad. I felt really comfortable with how he was what how things were going but also if you are in tune with carolina twitter like i am you would know people carolina fans were watching this game they were they were in the we're just happy to be nominated mode already like making it to this game what the orange bowl was the biggest accomplishment in tar heels football in about 50 years and they're going hey these guys opted out if we lose we lose but right now we get a chance to see what the team's going to look like next year because basically everybody who played with a couple of notable exceptions is going to be back on next year's team. So in Carolina fans' minds, they're going, okay, well, we just proved we could contend with next year's team with the number five team in the country who felt like they had a legitimate gripe to be in the playoff. I totally understand that. And you know, Justin, that that is the opposite of how I think. I think I would feel more like that if I was a fan of a team in that specific situation, mm-hmm. if they were in the college football playoff and they had that mindset, I'd be, I'd be downright pissed. I'd be absolutely upset. But since it's like, who, if they win it, then it's just over anyway. Yeah, I understand that a little bit more. And I understand. I, I this is the thing. So I'm gonna in a couple minutes, maybe thirty seconds, I'm about to get really upset. <laughs> but let me preface it by saying. I totally understand why these players did that, and it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense why they sat out this game. Now, I cannot understand how you have that close bond of football teammates where you have gone through the grime and the dirt and the practices and the two-a-days and the battle that is a football game 
where if you don't do your job, one of your boys is going to get absolutely whacked and maybe end up on a stretcher with their leg broken and how you can go through battle after battle like that and then in the last game of the season against the toughest opponent possibly that you're going to face and then just go, eh, I'm out. You can try and do all that without me. Mm -hmm. Who I know, like if I was the best player on a team, there is no way I'd be like, have fun playing a really hard team without me, guys. I could not fathom doing that. I understand that a ton of money is at stake. Then why didn't you stop playing halfway through the season? Why did you keep playing all the way up until this game? Why is this game any different than any other? Like, these two guys, these three guys, right? Receiver, running back, running back? There was four because they had a their best defensive player. Okay, also opted out. these guys probably showed enough on film halfway through the season that they were really freaking good and going to be drafted, right? Why play from there on? I think they were really freaking good their junior years. Why play this season? What's one more game? I understand that every now and then somebody gets hurt and it really affects them. Look at Frank Gore. Frank Gore has gone through knee injuries, catastrophic knee injuries, and then continued on to play until he's like 92 years old, and he's the third all-time running rushing 102. record. 102. Yeah. Whatever. That's the thing. It's like, what's one? It's football. It's football. You could have stopped playing at the beginning of the year. You could have stopped playing at any point. What's this one game when your boys are there needing you? It's hard for me. I'll go back to what I said before that. I understand that a crap ton of money is on the line. I do understand that. Andrew, play that that was an overreaction. <laughs> he doesn't have it ready. I don't have it ready okay. at all. I'm okay, sorry. Uh, you are right as far as what I imagine your mentality probably would be. That was an overreaction. <laughs> Thank you. That was for I, Justin. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I did overreact. I apologize. I'll, I'll calm down. Uh, in this part particular instance. Well, first of all, we have seen guys check out in the middle or beginning of a season because one of the Bosa's, was it Nick Bosa? One of the Bosa's did that like two games into the season was like, nah, I don't think I'm going to play anymore. Was it Nick or Joey? It was one of them. One I don't of remember. One of them. Soft. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so in this particular instance, you had two guys in Javante Williams and Michael Carter who both had a lot of good tape and were NFL prospects, but are coming off of a game in which they blew everything out of the water. Michael Carter rushed for 300 plus yards. Javante Williams in the same game rushed for 240 plus and three touchdowns. And it was like, okay, well, nothing you do in the bowl game is going to help your draft stock. The only thing Except that can happen. Except for prove it against an SEC school, which everybody in America for some reason thinks is better than everybody you've played. Yeah. Prove and, it. And the ACC didn't win a single bowl game. Exactly. So I can understand where you're coming from. But, and also there was a rumor going around that there was someone close to the organization that was getting in these guys' ears. Ugh. Like one person who was close to whether it was a booster or something <sighs> going around saying, hey, you should really, you know, think about sitting out this game and going pro. I hate that but guy. in these instances, I do, especially like for a running back where the NFL already thinks running backs are disposable. Yeah. And if you pull a Willis McGahee, which is probably not a great example because he ended up having a pretty good career, but he's a guy who blew out his knee in the championship game in college Yep. Uh, in about five different places. It exploded. Um, so you don't want to end up like that. And I we're talking that might have about... been who I was thinking when I said Frank Gore. Okay. Because I remember he was a Florida running back too, right? Yes. Or was it Miami? Miami. 
Yeah, he I, was okay. from Miami. Yeah. They're both from Miami. Okay. McGahey was the one who blew out his knee in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. But I think Frank Gore also has had knee injuries, so I understand your confusion. That makes sense. But I do think if I think if I were in their situation, I would have no problem, especially because teammates don't view it that way anymore, apparently. Like a lot of college guys are a lot of the college guys are understanding of okay, we're talking about not just money. We're talking about generational wealth and the chance you have to go not only take care of your children, but your children's children making money in the NFL. And you don't want to put it uh, put it in jeopardy for what is technically an exhibition game. I understand that. I, and that's why I prefaced it by saying I do understand that. The way the NFL draft is set up right now, where your rookie contract isn't going to be that much anyway, like it... If you get picked in the first round, it is. If, if you get picked in the first versus the seventh, it yeah. will be different. But it's still not the type of money difference as your second contract. And depending on what and position I feel like, you play. Yeah, I feel like if you get hurt in your rookie year and then come back, battle back, and then get a big contract for your second contract, I don't know. It's a little bit different. It's not the I, days where like Sam Bradford's no. getting paid millions of dollars. But for not I do doing think anything. where you're projected to get drafted makes a really big difference because That's true. like especially for Javante, uh, he's looking at being probably a second round pick, yeah. and a second round pick at running back. Even though you're only getting a four year deal, you're probably looking at about ten million dollars. Over yeah. the course of four years, if you make it through that whole contract. I guess the best example was, would be, we'll see how Chris Carson gets treated this offseason. If I were a running back, you know what I'd do in my bull game? Play what? linebacker. <laughs> Just feel like, I'm going to play You don't want to be spot. an NFL running back? Heck no. You want to prove, you want to take that last opportunity to prove that you can play something else. I feel like I you should try more. to play linebacker before your last Yeah, well, we've game. discussed that. <laughs> Nobody be, should no, be their not play play. linebacker, play edge rusher. There you go. That's where you get paid. <laughs> well, true. actually, the that's de- where you get paid. The defensive player for North Carolina that opted out, Chaz Surratt, is a converted quarterback who became a linebacker, which is insane to me. That's impressive. He moved from quarterback to linebacker. Oregon State has one of those players. Not expected to be a high draft pick. Oh. His name's uh, <laughs> Jack Coletto. Yeah, sorry. And he probably sh- they what probably about Jamar should- Jefferson. They probably should have just. Well, he- hopefully he's staying another year. Oh, is he a junior? This yeah. Year? Okay. Uh, Jack Coletto probably should have been their starting quarterback, and they probably should have just run a Tebow offense where it was either him running or Jamar Jefferson running, mm. and never let any of the other quarterbacks throw. Sadly, <laughs> they did not. They probably would have won two more games this year had they done that. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> He's not wrong. I, 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 that sounds very reasonable. Andrew watched some of those games. I did. <laughs> I know Tristan Jebbia played his heart out in the Ducks game, and they ended up winning it, but he still wasn't very good. Ugh. All right, so Andrew put in a couple more. I was, like, carrying that segment. Not carrying it like I was not carrying it like you weren't saying anything. I was extending that segment because I thought we were going straight to Stump Daniel afterwards. But Andrew He's just trying to put it off. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew threw some more stuff in here, so Wait, so we're not going straight to Stump. Apparently Daniel? not. Oh, Look man. at and Andrew updated the show sheet. Mid show. He's the producer. Also, he gave us ginger beer, which is really good. I gotta say, this is, this Th- is that's from my girlfriend Hannah. So is that the one who keeps messaging you during the show that pops yes, up? Yes, Daniel. The, uh, Okay. Yes. Not just Well, okay. Hannah then, I'm sorry that we called you a random girl so many times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, 
Andrew's highlighting it on the show sheet now. Like, please change the subject. <laughs> no, no. Change the subject. I we don't have to talk about it right now. I just threw it in there because I figured you guys would want to have <sighs> the NFL playoff. Here I picture. am following the show sheet. Yeah, let's do it. Producers throwing stuff in there. Yeah, let's do it. Nobody ever taught Daniel to think on his feet. I gotta say, my energy level after two weeks off is just <laughs> off the charts. <laughs> Woo! And if anybody's watching the video, if you want to know what Daniel's energy level is, look at his shirt. It is full of energy. <laughs> that is the most energetic shirt, and you know he's Hasselhoff oh, right now, going showing off the hamburger. Woo! We're gonna have to crop I'm, that. You know, hey, you just made more work for me because now I'm gonna have to post that yeah. part yeah. and. You know what? I like the two-minute drill so much. I might do an extra video this week. Okay. Whoa. It would just be a Daniel's shirt video. <laughs> like, you'll take all the best clips of what your shirt looks like. Describe your shirt to us, Daniel. Uh, it is navy blue to match my navy that blue looks pants. Like black. It's navy blue. Okay. Um, you, these are navy blue pants, and you can... That looks black, too. I, I can understand that for a colorblind person, okay. but... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, it is, it is though. And then these, uh, it has these white, like, I don't know. Would you, you're, you're from the Island. Would you yeah. say those are tropical flowers Yeah. with these kind of like, they're not quite baby blue. Yeah. The middle of your flowers is the highlight of the shirt. Yeah. Then, but they're not quite baby blue. They're a little, are they? they're a little darker and brighter. Yeah. Justin is an expert on uh, light blue colors. <laughs> exactly. It's true. The, this is a solid shirt though. I really like the shirt. I think yeah. my buddy James got this for me actually. I like it. James buys good clothing and shoes. I just really felt like when I walked through the door today and I saw you wearing that shirt, like, boom! Bam! Daniel's got energy! Dang! And it's carried over! <laughs> so let's get to the NFL next week! Because that's what it says on the show sheet. It says NFL next week. NFC! Okay. Just yelling it because it was all caps. It, it was. Because it's well, a, the NFC was. Yeah, <laughs> because it's, it's an acronym. I mean, it's also an acronym, acronym so I guess I don't have to yell it. Initials, sorry. So the Packers, <laughs> sorry, the Packers have the single buy as the one seed in the NFC. Yeah, it's different this year because there's seven teams, so there's stupid. only one buy. Because it's so the stupid, Packers... and they're gonna end up keeping the stupid playoffs for the baseball. All this stupid playoff stuff's gonna be kept, and the one league that should have changed it, did college football, <laughs> didn't change it. The Saints got the second seed. They will host the Bears. The Seahawks, as the third seed, will host the Rams, which will be an interesting matchup. And uh, Tampa, Bay, Tampa Bay will play at Washington if the Washington football team wins on Sunday night, which will... By the time you listen to this, that game will be over. <laughs> Daniel opened a soda. <laughs> Uh, in the microphone. Yep. Uh, by the time you microphone. listen to this, that game will be over. So if Washington won on Sunday night, then they will host Tampa Bay. Or the Giants will host Tampa Bay if the Washington football team loses. And that's what I'm rooting for, even though even though so torn. the Alex Smith story is so amazing. And as we all agreed earlier, the Comeback Player of the Year award should not only be awarded to him, but it should be named after him. Ooh, it really I like should it. be. I like it. it. really but should be. Yes. I'm really rooting for Washington to lose to Philadelphia because <laughs> I would love to talk about a 6-10 and 10 Division champion making the playoffs when a 10-6 and six team in the AFC and the Miami Dolphins is left out. That's Guys, amazing. In addition to that, wouldn't it be crazy oh. if 
Tom Brady got into the playoffs and then went and lost to the Giants. Oh, yes! That I mean, that would that. be so crazy! That would be the best. <laughs> it wouldn't happen. I'm just but it thinking would be so crazy. The highlight of that to me is thinking about following Eli Manning's yes! Twitter during it. Because yes! Eli Manning, yes! if, you don't, if you don't follow the recently signed up Eli Manning on Twitter, you need to because he's a comic genius in a very dry, <laughs> odd way. And I'm really looking forward to what kind of things he would tweet out about that game. It comes from being Peyton's younger brother. Yes. They're hilarious. Could you imagine being Peyton's younger brother growing up? I watched this one video. Jeez, that'd be hard. I, I thought it was hard being jimmy's younger brother <laughs> i watched a video one time of the two of them like they're in like a film room together and eli is eating like a small bag of like lay's potato chips and you know he's mm. crunching because they're potato chips but not that loud do you want some chips and after now i want chips <laughs> after a little while peyton's like would you just stop and eli's like what i'm just eating chips and he's like you're being so loud <laughs> And Eli just looks at him like, what is your problem? And it's a classic brother thing that Peyton was just so annoyed by Eli. I can totally see that. Okay, moving on. So AFC! AFC! Sorry, that was in all caps. I like it. Did I make the thing go red, Andrew? Yep, yes. You okay. did. The Chiefs have the only buy in the AFC. Did I make the thing go red? <laughs> I was talking. People don't know. I guess people I'm who. I'm glad we have a producer. People who. People <laughs> People who are listening also probably don't know, but when we peak the volume, there's a little meter, and when it goes red, that means we were too loud and it's going to distort. It's bad. So listeners, I guess, aren't helped by me saying, Andrew, did I make the thing go red? <laughs> they, they, know, they already know that you did because they could hear it. That's true. Yeah, they probably turned off the show after that. Okay, so the, <laughs> the Bills as the second seed. <laughs> they made seed. it this far. I'm happy. I've been bizarre. Okay. The Bills, the Bills as the second seed will host the Colts. The Steelers, as the third seed, will host the Browns, which is played. awesome, who they just played and lost but to, they just... but they didn't play Roethlisberger. Yep. Yeah. And it took Baker Mayfield clinching it with a first down run at the end. Yeah. So then uh, the Titans, after Derrick Henry's 240-something yard performance, which gave him over 2,000 rushing yards for the oh, year. Oh, they're and playing the should, Ravens again? Should put him into the MVP conversation. They will host the Ravens. Ooh. The AFC playoff matchups are saucy. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, they are. Except Colts and Bills. Colts, Bills, who, who cares? Yeah. Well, the Bills are going to destroy them. Yeah, right? like, who cares about the Colts, Bills? But... The Tetons are going to beat the Ravens yet again. I and wish I then was as I will optimistic as you. And are. then I will continue my dance of a jig that Lamar Jackson isn't actually as good as Team Tebow was. <laughs> can't win a playoff game. I really would like that. That would make me very happy. That's going to be awesome. I'm so glad they're so, playing them again because Derrick Henry is going to run over a defense yet again. Daniel is really excited to be back in the studio. <laughs> the Steelers just played at the Browns this Sunday, right? Yes. So they're going back to... to yeah, they're okay. no longer in Baker's home uh, from the commercials. Uh, those are pretty good. Those are so good. That's the my favorite part about Baker Mayfield is those commercials. That's my second favorite part. My favorite part is him quoting Dwight Schrute and Ron, <laughs> Schrute and Ron Swanson. <laughs> yes. And Snoop Dogg and That's a bunch a of point. other people. That's a good point. All right. Rapid fire. Uh, Rams at Seahawks. Who you got? 
Seahawks. Okay. Seahawks. Okay, I'm going Seahawks as well. Bears at Saints. Who you got? Saints. 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 It's uh, at Saints. Let's say Tampa Bay versus at Washington, if that's the case. Tampa. Tampa. Tampa I'm Bay. taking all the favorites. All right, what about I, I'm at the, the Giants? Giants? I'm picking the Giants if they go to the Giants. Just because still... I can't not. <laughs> I'd still take Tampa. Okay. And, okay, AFC Colts at Bills. I'm taking the Bills. Yeah. Bills, easy Bills. And Browns at Steelers. Browns. Steelers. Browns. Browns. Steelers. I want the Browns, but it's going to be the Steelers. Come on, you guys. And They might play worse with Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> and the Ravens at the Tetons. I want the Titans to win so bad. They're but going their to. defense is so bad. Oh. It's so bad. It might be the worst defense in the NFL. How did that happen? They were good last year. Weren't they a good defense last year? Yeah, now they're bad. That's how, are, how it happened. How did that happen? <laughs> they became bad. I'm still um, going Tetons. They were cursed by Clowney. They signed Clowney and Freaking immediately went Clowney. into the tank, even though he's on IR now. Uh, I think the Ravens are going to win that game at Tennessee. Andrew? I'm going to pick Titans. Yes. I think that's going to be the best game of uh, – that's definitely going to be the best game of the – maybe Brown Steelers could also be really good, if but the, I would pick that. If Ravens the Titans side. lose, then Clowney should never get signed again. I remember how sad I was that he did not get signed to the Seahawks. He's what? done squat. Do you think he has a <laughs> chance has, of being signed again? He's done jack I'm squat. I'm so distracted by your chest hair. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note – it's time for Justin's favorite part of the show. Serving questions up on a silver platter where the points are made up and the rules don't matter. Time for Stump Daniel. I love oh, it. We're going I NFL. We're going NFL. <laughs> Woo! And in honor of, uh, you know, football. Oh, football. I've got some NFL Foot football the ball. related questions for you. Okay. okay. You have a possible 14 points here, but there's only two questions. What? Stump Daniel. I don't even get you extra points. Domashevitz Law. Okay. Oh yeah, Stump Daniel is <laughs> brought to you by the Law Office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. Daniel, your first question: Which four NFL franchises have never appeared in a Super Bowl? Ooh. Have never appeared in a Super Bowl. Okay. Can I kick a field goal instead? No, okay. you can't pull a Seahawks. Can you punt? Franchises. So does the Texans count as the Oilers? No, because the Texans were never the Oilers. The Titans were the Oilers. The Titans were the Oilers. Okay, so I'm going to go with the Houston Texans? Okay, that is one, correct. Uh, <laughs> if you had to go to the bathroom, there was plenty of time to do it before the show started. There was lots of time. Um, Let's see... The Jack, no, yeah, no, yeah. The Jacksonville Jaguars. That is correct. Okay. Um, this is really tough. When this question was, I actually got this question from a friend when it was posed to me. And this is okay. When I got been? three of them, three of them right. Okay, and what this is get to the Super Bowl, right? Get to yeah, just appear in the Super Bowl. And you got the two expansion franchises. Yeah. The other more recent expansion franchise was the Panthers, and we know that they've made it to a Super yep. Bowl, so you can eliminate them. Yep. So these other two were teams that have been around for a while. Were the 
The Browns? The Browns is another one. Yes, because... That is correct. You got three out of three so far. You're missing one. They won a championship before the Super Bowl, I believe, or at least were there. Oh, boy. The Ravens have been... Okay, so Miami's been... The Ravens have been... Patriots have been... Steelers... Packers... This is in no particular order, apparently. Tampa... (laughs) Just naming off whatever (laughs) team pops into your head. Rams, Niners... It might help Cardinals. It might help you more if you go by division. That would... Okay, so... The whole NFC West has been, mm-hmm. fairly recently, the NFC East, Oh, hey. I think has been. Okay. The NFC, was it the do, North? Do, 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 With the Packers, do, Vikings. Do, 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 do. The Bears are in that. Bears, Detroit. Do, 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 Detroit. Detroit is correct. Yeah. <laughs> you got four out of four. Woo! It took a little process of elimination. It, it did. And me helping you with the process, but you got it. Okay, you ready for your next question? Thank you for suggesting the divisions because I was just all over the yeah, place. Yeah, I, I could tell you were scattered. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Your your energy is high and you just needed to reel it in a little bit You're and right. you got there. Okay. This one has 10 potential correct answers. Oh, what? <laughs> Which 10 NFL franchises have appeared in at least five Super Bowls? Which 10 NFL franchises have appeared in at least five Super Bowls? Some of these are easy. Knock off the ones. New England, you got that one. Buffalo? The Bills is incorrect. They have not appeared in five Super Bowls. Did they go to four or three in a row? Four. In a row. And, and they haven't been to one other? Four in a row in the 90s, and that's the only ones they've ever been to. Wow. Dallas? Dallas has been to eight Super Bowls. Uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has also been to eight Super Bowls. Oakland, LA, Las Vegas. The Raiders have been to five Super Bowls, so they are a correct answer. Oh. Um... Seahawks have not. Cardinals have not. San Francisco. The 49ers have been to seven Super Bowls. Uh, I don't think the Rams have. I don't think Philadelphia. I don't think Washington. The Packers. The Packers have been to five. You've got six so far and only one wrong, so you have three more chances to get to pick from these four. I don't think the Giants have, but I'll come back to them. I don't think the Vikings have. Detroit hasn't. Uh, who else is in the a- NFC North? Packers, Vikings, Detroit, Bears. Bears. Oh. I'll go with Bears. Sorry, that is not correct. Okay. Beside the fa- except for the fact that Bears fans act like they have one of the most storied programs in NFL history, they have only appeared in <laughs> two Super Bowls. Are you kidding me? Sorry, Francis. Dog Bears? Jeez. Okay, you got two more guesses. There's four more teams on the board. The Seahawks have been to more Super Bowls than that. They have been to three. You're correct. Sheesh. Uh, AFC... I already said the Patriots. I 
already said the Steelers. I think it's the Colts. I mean, the Colts did have Peyton Manning. I'm just saying. Yeah, he lost to Tom Brady a lot. <laughs> Denver. Broncos. The Broncos have been to eight Super Bowls. That is correct. Wow. You have one more guess, and there are three teams still on the board that have been to five Super Bowls. Don't think it's Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Don't think it's San Diego. Mm-hmm. I don't. They take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. What? They're in the air, they're on the ground, they're always in control. And when you say mm-mm-mm, you're talking Super Bowl, because they're the mm-mm-mm. I don't you don't know that one? one? They have a song? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't hint any harder than that. I know, you shouldn't. Uh... I'm. Com- oh, you, I think you might have just screwed up my process. Sorry. Here. Do you want to ask your producer <laughs> for help? I'll give you half a point if you get it right with your producer's help. Okay, Andrew, who is it? I believe it's the Miami Dolphins. It is the Miami Dolphins. Really? They have been to five Super Bowls. Do, do you know how I knew? That? How do you know that? Do you know how I knew the the song? Danny and Gallant? Yes. (laughs) Paul Gallant was super enthusiastic about singing it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. When Miami was beating all the other teams in the division this year, Gallant sang it on the show. Yeah. But also, I that? I don't know. You don't pay close attention? Apparently. Ever since their video stream doesn't let me pause, and so now I have to listen to when it's live only, I've really stopped listening to very much of that show. They really, oh, it's really, really? frustrating. Oh, yeah. Because dur- it's playing while I'm on the radio. Uh-huh. And so usually what I used to do is I used to play it and then pause, get done with my work, have a break, listen to it, pause, do mm-hmm. my work. But now it's like if I do that, I'll play it and it'll just jump ahead a half hour. And I'm like, great. I have no idea what's been going on. So I've just kind of stopped listening that much. You should just get like, a good earbud, and then play it off your phone. While I'm reading sports or news. That sounds really hard. I don't know your life. I don't know your job. <laughs> would having an earbud make your job harder? Uh, <laughs> it would be hard to listen to something while reading something completely different. No, I mean, I'm saying you could, then you could download the podcast on your phone, and then whenever you have in-between time, you could just play, pause, yeah. play, pause, play, pause. He has to pause. listen to it live. I've, we've, I've had this discussion with him, and for some reason it just... It hits differently it's, if it's not live. It's it's not so much live, but at least close to it because it doesn't come out as a podcast soon enough for me to so for me to listen yeah. to it afterwards when it's uploaded. Yeah, I'm no longer at work by then. Right. Yeah. Well, and some of the podcasts like or upload so. like an hour at a time. So like when the first hour is done, they'll upload that. And do they do that? No, No. they don't. They upload all three at the end of the show. If they did that, I would do that. Yeah. No, I don't think they do. What if you just listen to day late? You, some of the stuff is newsy though. You know, like they'll be like, we talked to Pete Carroll or this injury update. But yeah, if maybe. you don't listen, you just don't get any of that news. That's I true. would I, I don't I don't like listening to podcasts a day late because I always think like if I'm gonna listen to something right now, I could listen to something that came out today. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
I hear you. Um, so I'll round out the list for you. Okay, you got Patriots with 11, Steelers, Cowboys, and Broncos with 8, 49ers with 7. The football team has been to five Super Bowls. Really? Along oh. with the Packers, Dolphins, and Raiders, which you got with a little bit of help. And the Giants have also been to five Super Bowls. The Giants, I, was, I wasn't I was sure about the Giants. I thought they might have been. Well, we know that they had two in the Eli Manning era. Yeah. Um, but also, when they had Phil Simms, I think they went to a couple, if not at least one. So, I guess, you know, back in the day. Gotcha. Back in the 80s day. 80s or whatever that was when Phil Simms So, what are the points? Maybe. How many points did I get? Well, you got all four on the first question. So, and that should be seven points. You got <laughs> seven and a half on the second set of questions out of ten. So, what are the points? You got 11 and a <laughs> half points. That puts you in the beaver zone. <laughs> Congratulations, Daniel. You're in the beaver zone. Well, according the to my picture I have up here. The most inappropriately named zone we have. According <laughs> to my picture that my wife painted of me, the beavers are at the top. Wait a minute. So I'm going to assume that's a to- the Wait top a minute. zone. Hold on a second. What? Your wife painted a picture of you with a beaver on it? And did, she I say put it of, the... did I say of me? I, you did say I think of you. You did. Whoops. <laughs> it was very confusing. I thought you were pointing to a different picture than I. No. Nope. So why would <laughs> the beaver is... be on the top? That's a weird spot for it. Beaver. It's a, she p- painted a picture for me. <laughs> He's flustered now. I'm so flustered. <laughs> and and the beavers are on the it's top. It's an OSU. She's beaver. probably and then there's the blazers. She's probably listening to us from the other room right now. Most likely. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys also see this other picture that I have now? Look at this. Somebody gave me this. Grab that. Check that out. Put it up in front of your face hole. There you go. That is a picture of Bob Feller, signed by Bob Feller, who is one of the greatest pitchers of all time. And I believe that Andrew's grandpa had that picture. That is a high signed. leg kick. Yeah. I mean, yeah, isn't that a boss windup? I mean, wind we up? teach pitchers now to stay balanced. That exactly. He is not balanced. He did not care. <laughs> he was going to throw it as hard as he could. That guy doesn't give a F about nothing, man. Exactly. Isn't that a cool picture? That is really cool. <laughs> yeah, and it's signed by him, too. I think, I'm pretty sure that Andrew's grandpa got that signature and that's gave it. That's pretty awesome. He played yeah. in 1937. Yep. That's historic. Man. And that's a picture of him when he was 18 years old in his second season. Watch the video so you can see that picture. Exactly. Yeah, check it out. All right, that was uh, Stump Daniel. We're going to take a commercial. Oh, wait, there's more stuff here? Let's do it after the break. After break, dang it. That was (laughs) Stump. Do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com. Thank you again to our sponsor of Stump Daniel, the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. We are also sponsored by Oli Penn Real Estate. Thank you again for both of those sponsorships, keeping us on the air, and also for understanding that, you know, we like Christmas too. Well, I like Christmas. I'm, I'm not sure if package delivery guys like Christmas as much as I do, but we needed, it was good to take a break. Me? Because... I'm lazy, and <laughs> you guys, because I didn't want you to die. Thank you. I appreciate your consideration yeah. of my mortality. Uh, I do think it's really funny. Uh, people, uh, I've noticed this because I listen to our show every week. 
when we I'm come somebody does. when we come back <laughs> when we come back out of commercials like 99% of the time there's a chair squeaking so i don't know if it's because <laughs> right. like we we have squeaky chairs but for the most part we kind of sit still and then for whatever reason for commercials we're like reaching down to get a drink of water or whatever or dancing or dancing and That's then true. It's like, it's such a normal thing that when the break is ending, there's always a chair squeaking. <laughs> so I've been thinking a lot. Do our listeners think that a chair squeak is part of the commercial? <laughs> it could be. Because it's so consistent. It's that consistent. Oh my gosh. So uh, I don't listen to our show very often. <laughs> so usually all I get of a rewatch or re-listen of our show is when I go back to edit the videos that I put up and I put... Gosh, I put more time into that than yeah. as long as it takes you to listen to the show. Well, I it I takes me about an hour and fifteen minutes per video I put up. This is actually a perfect, probably it's a perfect representation of the way we feel about ourselves. Because I love to listen to myself, and I think I'm a genius, and all my thoughts are the best. And you love the way you look, so you <laughs> like watching the video, and I like listening to the uh, radio. Oh, curse you. <laughs> Let's do the let's do the uh, athlete of the week first, and then we'll lump this other topic in with the Seahawks talk. Okay, I'm down. I'm down with that. So, our should we do the athlete of the week first, or our little update first? Let's do the athlete of the week. Okay. First. So, our Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week this week is Cole Laval. Now, if you don't remember Cole, he was an offensive lineman, defensive lineman for the Aberdeen Bobcats, and. So excited to find out that this is going on with him because he was a stud for Aberdeen. Both him and his brother were, honestly. And so, Justin, you found this article at randomly. How did you find this article? I found it on Facebook. Uh, actually, Mark Buckman posted it. Oh, he, cool. he was the uh, Aberdeen boys basketball coach, and he was around and coaching when uh, Cole was in the program. So this is a little article, and it's talking about – um, the NFL draft prospects in the 2020 New Mexico Bowl. And so in the New Mexico Bowl was the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, a team that Justin is very familiar with because mm -hmm. he grew up in Hawaii. And I actually followed them a decent amount as well because they used to be coached by June Jones, who famously, my dad, every time he saw him on TV, would go, <laughs> I sick that guy in high school <laughs> back in Portland. So anyway... Cole Laval plays offensive tackle for this Rainbow Warriors team. And if you saw him play in high school, you could see that he had an NFL body mm -hmm. back then. I mean, this is a big, strong kid. And so he is number one on this list, like very top of the article when it's starting to talk about NFL prospects in this bowl. And it says that Laval has a great, is a great offensive lineman for Hawaii, and he has been for the last three seasons. He started his career at the JUCO level with City College of San Francisco before joining the Rainbow Warriors for the 2018 season. After suffering an injury in 2019 and missing a lot of games, Laval returned for a solid senior campaign. He is six foot six, 350 pounds. If that doesn't scream NFL <laughs> offensive tackle, I don't, I don't know what does. He is a massive human. He's grown. Yeah. Since we've seen him in high school, I'm looking at this little picture of him. He is massive. Uh, he has tremendous size for an offensive tackle. 
To go along with his size, he has plenty of experience pass blocking over the last few years as Hawaii, of course, likes to chuck the ball around the field. I actually didn't know if they had changed their system at all since Rolovich was there, but I'm assuming they're similar. It's a little different, but similar as far as how much they pass. So he has the chance to be selected in the 2021 NFL draft. Um, He's projected to go around the sixth round. And I would say somebody should take a flyer on this kid because he is massive and he is strong. And from what I remember of him, pretty quick as well. He's definitely not one of those big statue type guys. So, I mean, just really cool to see him recognized like this and to hear that he had a really good senior season for Hawaii too. Big time division one college. And I mean, just like some of the other kids that we've decided to follow a little bit, so excited that Cole is having success at the next level. And Cole has an has a older brother too named Caleb who also played college football. He played at Eastern. He played a combination of defensive and offensive line. I guess he switched to offensive line um, towards the end. Wow. And I, I think I looked up his uh his size earlier and he was like six three, three ten. So you wouldn't think of a lot of six three three ten guys as being smaller. No, <laughs> but he's considerably smaller than Cole. Um, but yeah, I think just uh, there, there's tons of big guys out there. But you can't play at a big college level or an NFL level if you're just a big guy. Um, there has to be a tremendous amount of athleticism that goes along with it, just in order to be able to keep up with the defensive linemen in those games. So you know. That 6'6", 350-pound frame, I bet if any of us saw firsthand in person up close how quickly he can move and how athletic and explosive he is, we'd be pretty amazed. It'd blow me away. It would be one of those situations every now and then I'm watching the NFL or college football and I see someone that size move. Yeah. And I just go, ah. Yes. <laughs> Humans that big aren't supposed to move that fast. Right. Because I'm sure that... You know, their 40 times and all that are like as fast as I could run. And I was considered fast. And I'm just looking at them like, ah, that person could literally encompass me and still be like, you know, we could... I could fit inside their body <laughs> relatively easily. Are you saying they want to eat you? No. This took a weird turn. Yeah, I, I specifically didn't say that. Okay. I said that I could fit. No, but so they I could really eat didn't. him if they wanted to. But what you're saying yeah. is that literally... Literally. Those guys make fast people look not fast. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not supposed to see someone who looks like an offensive lineman move like someone who looks like a wide I also receiver, really which is like, what I look like. I really like the fact that you said I was considered fast instead of I'm fast. I don't want to get my <laughs> ego up because when talking about guys that big running fast, I'm yeah. definitely going to say I'm considered fast. But if the microphones weren't on, you wouldn't have said Oh, I'm if the microphones fast. weren't on... <laughs> Anybody in Grace Harbor who played sports, I will take them. I will play corner on them as a wide receiver, just like I did random people on the street that one day in Elma. Say it, Daniel. <laughs> say, say I'm fast. I'm fast. Okay. <laughs> oh, I am so sorry, Cole. That oh, totally... his hammy. <laughs> oh. He went there. That, sir. That was not very nice. I'm sorry, Cole, that that took a turn into Daniel Trump or trumpeting how fast he is. Yeah, that but was all your fault. Yeah. <laughs> Listen back. Tell me whose fault it was. Cole Laval, I'm so excited for you. Totally honest. I remember watching you in high school and thinking that you were somebody who could play at the next level along with your brother. And I'm just so excited that that dream has come true for you and that 
this is something that seems to be progressing even to a chance at the next level at the NFL. I, I couldn't be more excited for him. Yeah, we'll be keeping an eye out on the NFL draft, eagerly awaiting when his name is called for sure. Uh, and then we'll follow him closely, just like we do with all other Grays Harbor athletes. So for those of you who are listening, if you know of Grays Harbor athletes that we don't know about that are achieving at the next level, please let us know. We love to hear from you. Um, but we will do our best to keep everybody up to date on what's going on in Cole's football career. Absolutely. And moving on to another local athlete playing at the Division One level, our kind of weekly, at almost weekly, Joel DeBlanco update as he played in, what was the name of that bowl game that they got? Something Bowl. Oh, the Peach Bowl, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, the Something Bowl. That was really helpful there, sir. They, they're, someday there will be a bowl called the Something Bowl. Seriously. That's the way we're trending with bowl games now. Anyway, so they end up losing this bowl 24-21. to 21. It, last second 53 yard it was field goal heartbreaking. absolute heartbreaker to georgia i feel like cincinnati outplayed them all game and then ended up losing heartbreaking fashion on a last second field goal then they get a safety just to kind of rub it in on the last play of the mm-hmm. game but and by the way how did they end up on the one yard line after the kickoff the they, happened there? they played up because they thought the Georgia kicker was going to, I'm assuming because they thought that the Georgia kicker was going to squib it. So instead he booted it deep over the kicker Cerner's head. And it stopped. And it stopped. Like it hit, I think inside the 10 and it took a really soft roll. And then it like landed on the one where all the guy could really do at that point. Cause there was guys all around him was just go touch it and knee down. Otherwise he would have had it. It was a, an amazing kick. Wow. That's bizarre. Anyway, so that was a heartbreaking game, especially for us who have been following Cincinnati all year because Joel is on that team. And Joel, again, played a heck of a game. He only had three tackles compared to some of it. I mean, I say only because a lot of times this year we've been saying seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven tackles for Joel this year. But he ends up with three tackles. But in those three tackles, he had a sack, a tackle for a tackle for loss as well as a forced fumble and it's not on here but i know that he also crunched the quarterback on one that was a reception as well but it doesn't look like they keep track of quarterback hits mm-hmm. in college football as well but i know that he absolutely I know the one you're talking about yeah. because it was like in the last couple minutes of the game and it was a third down play and he came screaming up the middle and had the quarterback in his grasp and forced him to throw it early and they didn't get the first down. That was one of the huge plays that Joel made in crunch time in that game. Exactly. So Joel played just a crazy good game in this one as well. And, you know, really tough that they couldn't get the win. But I got to say... It's really cool to see how they talk about him during these games. I mean, just talking about him destroying people on the field like he did with the sack that he had and with that huge hit that he had on the quarterback on that short completion and just another really good game from Joel DeBlanco. And is this his senior year? It is, right? It is his senior year, but I've also heard that they may be offering another year of eligibility to these mm. guys because – because of how weird the season has been. Oh, wow. So there's a possibility that he may be able to play another season, although I don't know if that's decided for sure. Or if he would decide to do that if he could. Yeah. I it's... My sources tell me he would likely do it okay. if the opportunity is there. But I don't know. Um, like all, It's happening during the season. 
So like no decisions are going to be made during the season about what's happening the next season. I know that I, f- I feel that this season in particular, Joel was really proving that he could compete on a high level. He was one of the best players on, on the defense of one of the best defenses in the nation. He was their middle linebacker basically for a lot of it. And they used him in all kinds of different ways in coverage as a regular middle linebacker. They use him on pass rush a lot. Um, I, I think there's, at least in my mind, there's a thought that, hey, if he could play another year, I wonder if he could really show what he can do and maybe take a shot at the league. I know that's a high dream, but from me watching him play, he's massive. He's fast. He's strong. I don't see a reason why he couldn't do that. I absolutely agree, especially when you look even outside of like starting middle linebackers. I mean, you look at guys like Cody Barton or mm-hmm. Ben Burkirvan or Nick Ballore. You're telling me that I don't think that Joel DeBlanco could do that job, which is crush people on special teams and then know your job to come in if somebody's hurt on defense. Right. I absolutely believe that he can do that. Also, he could be like the punt protector. We've seen him rumble for 37 yards on a fake punt. We've seen him block people on a fake punt. Well, I think we've seen him block people on a normal punt. Because he played a lot of fullback in high school, too, you know, knowing that he's able to get out there and make those lead blocks. It makes him kind of a perfect punt protector, but also he has the speed like on the fake punt where he ran 30 yards and got the first down. You know, he got the chance to show off the wheels. Exactly. So, I don't know. Here's to another Joel update, but I think that if he gets another chance to play another year, great. I think it'll only help him. But if he doesn't, I got to think that that's the type of guy that somebody wants on their program in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, if you missed it, the the, the sack fumble that he had, he put a hit on the quarterback from behind that after he did it, the the analyst, the color commentator, when they were showing the replay, he just kept saying over and over again, man, that was a heck of a hit. Man, that quarterback got crunched. He must have said it like five <laughs> times. Like that was, And that was a red zone play. They were down near the end zone. Um, I don't know what was going on downfield, if there was an open receiver or what, but he forced them, because it was a fumble that went out of bounds, it forced them back like 10 yards. Um, it was just a really crucial play and a key point of the game. That's awesome. Well, if you could hear Andrew yawning in the background, that means that it's time to move on. <laughs> but again, thank you so much to our sponsors, Oli Penn Real Estate, for your sponsorship of the Athlete of the Week, which this week is Cole Laval. Also, we give you a Joel DeBlanco update as he plays for the University of Cincinnati. And thank you as well to our other sponsor, the Law Office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. But now, Justin, let us move on. Should we go to the... Let's go to the topic that we skipped. Okay. I think that's this what is I really wondering. interesting. Let's do it. So that is the Detroit Lions apparently, per reports, are trying to get John Schneider to leave the Seattle Seahawks and be their general manager. Now, personally, duh. Why wouldn't you do this? You just fired your trash coach that was from the Belichick chain, which all of them suck except for Vrabel, right? Mm-hmm. You actually have a coach there right now that oddly, oddly is a former Seahawks offensive coordinator in Derek Bevel? Daryl. Daryl? Yeah. Whatever his name is. You were so happy to see him gone, you forgot his first name. And yet, now he's the interim head coach there? And he was so excited to be... It's funny because the way that transition went... It's so weird. Normally, you'd be like, oh, you know, I'm really sorry. I feel bad that my my head coach got fired. He he was all roses. Hey, I'm just super happy to have this opportunity. (laughs) 
And then in one of his press conferences, he accidentally revealed that both of his daughters. Oh, yeah. Both of his daughter's what? boyfriends came to him on a weekend and requested his uh, his <laughs> approval to propose. And then during a press conference with the media, he told the media, hey, they came to me and said, can I propose to your daughters before they proposed? No! So he spoiled his daughter's no! proposals <laughs> in a media interview. Okay, I'm sorry. This guy's an idiot. <laughs> I was about to try and defend Daryl do Bevel. It. Don't do it. But is it, is it just me or is he an idiot? He's an idiot. We he, knew he was an idiot when he was the offensive coordinator of the Seahawks for a few years. What a doofus. I was going to give him the benefit of the doubt because the offense seems to be still hamstrung by Pete Carroll. It seems like he's like, no, you can't do good. There must be Stop something. It. There must be something about it, too, because I heard a... Rumor that Schottenheimer was a potential candidate for the Jets job if Gase gets fired. Yeah. Schottenheimer, run away. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, 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 no. Dude, take take a... Gase got fired, right? Did he get fired? I'm pretty sure I saw something that said Gase was gone. Okay. But Shoddy, don't. Shoddy. Try to go somewhere else. Why did I start to sing that? Because (laughs) I totally screwed me up. Sorry. That's a T-Pain song? Anyway, if... Here's the thing. (laughs) I'm terrified if John Schneider leaves and Pete Carroll is left to his own devices. Is anybody else terrified of that? Because he hasn't been a college recruiter for a long time, and it seems like most of his best player acquisitions have been like, I saw this kid when I was recruiting. He's really good. I don't know why he has that (laughs) accent all over. That is not Pete Carroll at all. Uh, But it seems like since then... It's been a little rough, and John Schneider has had to go out and make trades mm-hmm. because their drafts haven't been that good. And I just feel like well, don't, don't you think don't you think that the drafts would be a big part of what Schneider is is uh, at least judged for? You, maybe I know that Pete Carroll has so you the final you're... authority on personnel decisions. But Maybe. it seems like the the way that everyone talks about it is like that they always agree. Like they're in such lockstep on what the direction of the organization is and what kind of person and the way they want to build the roster that they don't have disagreements or if they do, they're very minor. Yeah, I get that. The reason why, okay, you might be able to see some of my biases here and some of my frustration. What was that? Oh, I have the window open so it doesn't get like 90 million degrees oh. in here. Is there a plane flying by? What's Sounds like on? somebody's using a jackhammer. Helicopter? What is Let's going on? It's it an airplane. <laughs> it's either a helicopter or an airplane. It's got to be a helicopter, yeah. right? <laughs> this is why Daniel can't listen to the podcast while he's reading news, <laughs> Justin. Uh, so anyway, getting back <laughs> to John Snyder. Squirrel! Squirrel! Butterfly! So, so tell me, Daniel. There- how many times have you heard me absolutely upset because it seems like Pete Carroll is hanging on to some old, slow player that isn't playing well anymore when there's young players behind him that should at least get a chance and they don't? At least five times. Exactly. At least five times. <laughs> and it's it drives me nuts. And I think that's why I don't think that he should be the general manager because even when John Schneider gives him players, he's like, oh, well, I can't play that guy over over Curse because I like Curse and he's been good in the past. It's like, no, 
He's old, slow, and kind of sucked all but until crunch time in all of the games beforehand. What if they just put him in for clutch plays? Exactly, but <laughs> instead, instead, they never played other players. It's like they had guys who showed potential so often, and it was like, oh, but I like my old guys better. And that's happened so often. After that first year, those first two to three years where they were like, Cut, 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 don't like you, don't like you, like young guys, like young guys, like young guys. That next generation of dudes who got old were able to just get decrepit and slash injured before he finally moved on to them. He wouldn't move on to them until they were literally hurt and they could not play. So that's why I'm like, "Eh, I'm not sure if I want Pete Carroll deciding who gets to be on the team by himself since the guys on his team... He couldn't be like, yeah, that guy's young, fast, and hungry. We should give him a shot over this old, fat, slow guy. So what we'd look at as the potential advantage for Schneider, if he did want to go to Detroit, is they could offer him the keys to the kingdom. Exactly. Like right, right now, while it appears that he works really well with Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll always has the final say. Yeah. So he can go somewhere where like you've got a garbage organization and you have it like you've you've accomplished you won a Super Bowl like you've had a, a level of success over the course of a decade in Seattle that most GMs don't don't enjoy. So you have a chance now if you've accomplished everything you feel like you can accomplish in Seattle, go do the next challenge, which is to rebuild a program that needs your help and you can be the guy who makes all the decisions. Also, while GM salaries are not public, it is reported that John Schneider's salary is on the kind of the lower end of what GMs make. Wow. Probably because he doesn't have that final say and Pete Carroll is sort of the guy. So I I could understand why Schneider might decide to want to make that move if he has the right kind of personality. For me... I would be like, I have a great paying job in a place I like to live with people I like to work with, and we've been extremely successful together. I would feel much more likely to just stay where I am. Exactly. But I do understand that if he has that kind of competitive nature in him to, to say, I want to prove that I can do this, I could understand why he'd want to go. I, I totally agree with everything you just said. I would ask for a raise. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, you should pay me more. Yeah. I'm tired of getting pooped on right. because I don't have the final say or whatever. But, yeah, I would totally be behind everything you just said. The other thing about it is that competitive nature that you just mentioned. If he has final say, he probably has a big input on the head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, He, gets he would to, get to choose the head coach, get to basically, choose probably with whoever the owner is. If it wasn't Detroit, like say it was someplace nice to live instead of Detroit. Yeah. I'd do it. It's a good point. But it's Detroit. Now, Justin, there were rumors that he was offered the same, the GM job in, in, uh, Green Green Bay. Bay. Yeah. Is there, I don't remember. He declined that in Green Bay? This was a while ago. This was a couple of I know, but still. That's what makes me think that this is really unlikely. The, wow. So I was do I was trying to do a little research into that thing with the Green Bay job, and basically they did a really good job of keeping everything p- pretty quiet. Like everything is rumblings and rumors, but the Seahawks may have blocked him from being interviewed for that job. Oh, so yeah, it sounds I like that. he may not have got an official oh. offer, but more like they were interested in him, 
And it's possible that, and I couldn't say this with any certainty, but one of the articles I read said that there was a rumor that this, they were interested in him, but the Seahawks blocked him because he was in a contract. They blocked him from being able to be interviewed, and then it just kind of fizzled out. But he's from Wisconsin, so right. it would be a potential job that he might want to go, would want to go well, for. Well, that's why I thought I thought that the rumor was that he'd turned it down, and so that's why I was thinking that there if were, he wasn't going to take a job in Green Bay, he was definitely wasn't going to go to Detroit. That was one of the rumors. <laughs> Okay. Also. So, <laughs> so it's hard to okay. say it's hard to tell what's true and what's not with that. That's impressive. That's but, crazy right there though. Yeah. Like if he I think I remember hearing that he was blocked from having the interview. Yeah. But if he declined that, that's intense because yeah. Green Bay storied franchise that he was previously a part of. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like I said, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. Arf. But yeah. also the other thing is like we we were talking before the season is John Schneider going to last much longer? Because his drafts had just been massive piles of garbage for several years. But now, not only did he make trades during the season with Jamal Adams and and Carlos Dunlap to bring those guys in to boost it, bolster the defense, but some of the draft picks that he made over the last two years, like Jordan Brooks or LJ Collier, or who's the other rookie this year that's been... Uh, Alton Robinson, Freddie Alton Robinson, Swain. That's the other guy I was thinking of. Robinson has four sacks. Um, Freddie Swain's been a pretty good fourth receiving option. DJ Dallas has been serviceable yeah. when needed. So now all of a sudden DK we DK went... Metcalf. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah. we went from thinking, okay, well, is this guy really that great of a personnel guy? It's all of a sudden he's reminding us what made him so great in the first place. So I, shocker when so he has players who are allowed to play. If you're Pete and Pete's what, like 70 years old, something like and that. And the only reason Jordan Brooks is able to play is because Bruce Irvin got hurt yeah, that's and true. KJ Wright had to move to his position. That's true. Yeah. Otherwise Jordan Brooks would be on the bench. Well, it's well established that you, you hate Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, but we're I, talking about John Schneider now. Cheer so Lord. The, <laughs> the, uh, the point is Schneider is very valuable, and I think all fans and the Seahawks organization should want him to stay. So in addition to being like, and he's he is under contract for another year and through the the following year's draft. So like another year and a half, he's under contract, basically. Pete so, is still 69. Pete is 69, okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> I think the, the Seahawks should be thinking of a way to be like, okay, well, what can we do to get him to stay? Like, we want him. Yeah. So number one... The no-brainer, easier one is be like, hey, let's give you a contract extension worth more money. Exactly. So you're paid more like the higher-paid GMs in the league. And number two, and I want to know what you guys think about this, is there any chance that a 70-year-old or 69-year-old Pete Carroll (laughs) says, hey, you know what, John? We have a great relationship. We think really similarly about how we want to build the team. I trust you. I really want you to stay. I want you to take over the final say on personnel decisions. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense to me. Yeah. Honestly. But would Pete do that? I don't know if he would do that. But what I want is when so this is the crazy thing. This is the first fan, this is the first team that I've been like I guess not the first team because I've been a fan of Oregon State, but that's a college team is different. You know, Mm -hmm. the way college works, players and coaches rotate in and out a lot. Yeah. The Mariners, I that that's the closest comparison that I can have as I've seen generations play through. 
I've seen Edgar and Griffey and Buner and then a different generation and Ichiro and Boone and different generation. I've seen that. This is the first professional football team. Like I got into football in the NFL, like at the end of Hasselback's career. Mm -hmm. And then at the beginning of Pete Carroll was when I really started to get into it. And that brings in Russell Wilson. It feels really weird to think of an era after those two guys. But what I can say is I would much rather have John Schneider's career extend farther than Pete Carroll's career Mm. with Seattle than I would Pete Carroll farther than John Schneider. Well, Schneider's like 20 years younger than Pete Carroll, too, so he could be around for a exactly. long time. And I'm not saying I don't like Pete Carroll. Yes, you don't like Pete Carroll. I disagree with a crap ton of things <laughs> that he's done. You disagree with most of his philosophy. <laughs> I disagree I disagree with... A, okay, here's, here's what I think. Pete Carroll should be a CEO. He should be in charge of a ton of different things. I don't think he should be in charge of A, who starts, and B the type of philosophy of how you like call your plays. I don't think he should be in charge of either of those things. I think during a practice week, he is phenomenal getting a team prepared to win. He is amazing. I love his philosophy with everything in the week. I don't agree with who he decides to start because I think he, I think he's too loyal. He's a trust guy. He's a trust guy. He will always pick the old crusty vet. Versus a young guy. And it's weird because at the beginning of his career, we thought he was the opposite. Yeah, but sometimes that pays off but like it, with KJ but Wright it, this year. It's, but KJ in a different position. It's KJ in a different position. He's playing a, he's playing Bruce Irvin's position. If he was playing his old position where he was expected to be fast, he's too slow. Yep. How many times have we seen him get run away from by guys, by tight ends? At least five. A ton. <laughs> but he is he, he will trust the old crusty vet be, and the reason why he did that at the beginning of the career when they were young is because those weren't his guys. He didn't trust them anyway even though they were old. He thought they were trash. So I think that he's really good at what he does and there's a reason why he is very successful. Don't get me wrong. Pete Carroll is amazing. He's a Hall of Fame coach. There are a couple of things that I think he's not very good at. I think John Schneider is amazing at picking players, and I think more of his guys would be hits if they were given the chance. That's a might be a hot take. Could be wrong. I think it's the case if they were actually given the chance. Like I said, John, like I have gone off multiple times. I think John Ursua would be a great player <laughs> at least five times. If he a billion times with John Ursua, come on. Make fun of me more there. He would be so good if he was just allowed to play. Yeah. No, I are our memberships in the John Ursua fan club still open? They're always open, dude. Just get in contact with Daniel if you want to be a member of the John Ursua club. The problem is Freddie Swain's pretty good. Like, I know I criticized that decision, but there's another guy that John Schneider picked up. That's pretty good, and he's gotten the opportunity to show it, and I think he's done a pretty darn good job of it. 
And I don't know why John Ursua hasn't gotten that chance. Well, they also had another receiver. They had Hart on the roster for on the active roster for a while. What did Ursua do? Right? I don't understand. There, is it. there something more than just the football? <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, I'm not gonna you know slander anyone. Uh, actually, I do that all the time. Yeah, but in you this instance, I'm not gonna be irresponsible and assume that he has an attitude problem. But it seems weird. It's really weird, right? Yeah. Anyway. That that's my rant about what what do you, I don't know what do you think that of that was would, an overreaction would you, <laughs> would you rather have Carol long term or Schneider long term There is no long term for Carol he's seventy years old like how, yeah long I, long term the long term we can hope for with Pete is that he makes it through the next what was the extension five five, four, five years, five years? So he's gonna and, coach till he's seventy four but we could have John Schneider for twenty years Andrew's right here with me though. See, this is our first team that we've really latched onto. This is going to be really weird for Andrew and I when Pete Carroll is no longer the coach and Russell Wilson is no longer the quarterback. <laughs> it's going to be really weird. It is. And and for me, my timeline lines up pretty well with you guys. I'm just a worse fan. <laughs> so I haven't been as invested as you. But when I first moved here in 1999, I used to laugh at all the people who rooted for the Seahawks because the Seahawks were kind of a perpetually disappointing program. Uh, and it wasn't until Russell got here that I really started paying attention. So, yeah, no, I mean, when we were doing the first iteration of the show was around this time, and that's when we all got into it together. But again, I'm just not as invested because I'm a worse fan, which actually leads perfectly into the only thing I want to talk about from the game today. There we go. Today. There we go. There was a point in the fourth quarter Uh-oh. when... Things were going very... And maybe it was the third quarter. It was late, It was in the second half. When things were crappy. Things were going very they badly. They were pooping on themselves. So bad. And I was looking at the scores and I'm going, well, Green Bay's not going to lose this game. The Saints aren't going to lose this game. I think that the Seahawks should just put their subs in. Not because I didn't think it would be beneficial for them to try to win or try to fix their problems on offense, but because I thought if they lose this game then my prediction from earlier this year would be exactly right. Because uh, I predicted they would be 11 and 5. And there not only did I predict they would be 11 and 5, but I predicted they lose to Buffalo. I predicted they'd lose one in that four-game stretch of easy games. And I predicted they would split the division games. And if they had lost to the Niners today, everything would have been just right. It all makes sense in the end. I was wondering about that. Also, you had some very good sneaky arguments for why that would be a good thing. But now I know the real well, truth. Let Russ rest. It would be good for. Is that like let Russ cook? But let, let Russ, Russ rest. rest. Yep. And then he you... could he could start buying like mattress lines and <laughs> and start trademarking that. Also, crap. pull Jamal Adams out of the game so he doesn't injure his shoulder towards Seriously, the end. Seriously, did he look? He looked so dejected. He was upset. That looked like a long term injury. But like, also, I was thinking. It but would also, be nice. how many guys have we? Didn't Earl Thomas play like with one arm in the yeah. Super Bowl a oh, few yeah, years did. ago? Sherman did. Just tough it up, Adams. Uh, I thought <laughs> it would be nice if, for the whole rest of the game, they only gave Kenny pennies to, pennies. They only gave carries the penny. Okay, because even he, though he started getting cramping up and hurt, well, he needed. He was the one. He was hurt. I knew he was cramping. He was cramping. I think it was cramping. Okay, we didn't see him after that, but though, I, which was troubling. I didn't want to see Chris Carson in the game because I kept thinking. 
Carson keeps getting hurt at the end of the season and missing the playoffs, so I don't want him in the game. And we didn't see him, thankfully. We saw yeah. Collins, which right. I had no idea who number 41 Daniel's was. Daniel's like, who's number 41? Who's carrying the ball? So, so, so I did confused. come up with some good arguments about like letting the young receivers get in and get some reps in case you need them later and all this stuff, but it was not for the right motive. It was because I wanted to be right. It makes so much sense now. It makes so much sense. <laughs> it's on brand. Because because I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then I was like, wait, don't we want them to actually improve? And then, but Andrew. And then I said, it doesn't look like that's going to be possible in this game. And then almost immediately when I said that, karma struck me and the offense started looking better. Exactly. And that was a frustrating point is because Andrew was saying, I hope they lose this game. <laughs> I, I think I said I almost, but that's true. But I'll I'll stand but by this. No, you don't. No, you wouldn't have but, wanted them to lose it because I would have been insufferable today. I hadn't true. thought of that. <laughs> but you know what? If they would have lost it, and it would have motivated them to rethink their basic philosophy of being terrible at offense, Pete Carroll, then it would have been worth you being insufferable. They were good at offense in the fourth quarter. Yeah, That's what but when to. they play good teams, yeah. they're not close enough to win that game they in the, the fourth quarter. That's the best defense in the NFL. Oh, dear Lord. Jamal against, Adams said that? Against crap teams. You want to look at the teams they've played since he, since that? Doesn't matter. Hey, exactly. guys, post-game update about Adams. Yep. Uh, and? According to Carroll, the early stuff from the trainers that is that he'll play next week, but we'll have to see how he does get through the week. He doesn't have any details about what the shoulder injury is, other than it's his other shoulder. His Ugh. his uh, it was his left shoulder that he hurt today or Sunday. Uh, his right shoulder was the one that was hurt earlier. Oh God! Well, so he'll have to play with no arms. Yeah, uh, that's why they have those mystery shots that you take before the games in the NFL. Get over <laughs> it. Take them every quarter and get out there and play baller ball like you do, Adams. Jaron Reed, dude's a nutcase, and I think that'll help him. Jaron Reed is pretty sore coming out, but he went back in the game and played with. Uh, he he left the game for a bit, but yeah, he did. Uh, bleak strain is what that was. <laughs> He's not a pitcher Daniel's or a hot. batter. Daniel's hot. He can play through it. It's not baseball. The only other I thing. I played through cracked ribs as a receiver with no quarterback. And you weren't even getting paid. Let's do it. You were paying to exactly. play. Exactly. Concussions? <laughs> Who cares? I can say definitively you would have played in the bowl game. Yeah. You would have played in the bowl I game. I would have. Yeah, I wouldn't have. Um, <laughs> what about Penny? I don't see any update about it. I think he just I think he just cramped up and then they had, had backup. And the only other thing that I care to discuss about in this game from this game was yeah. the receiver records because that's true. Pretty historic. Uh, DK Metcalf breaks the Seahawks record for receiving yards. And then almost immediately afterward, T- uh, Tyler Lockett breaks the record for receptions in a season. And in, in addition to that, Lockett, I think, ended up with 12 which put him at 100 for the season. So he had his first 100 reception season and was Lockett was fantastic today absolutely i can't agree with that more it seems like both of those guys really took advantage of the start of this season because let's be honest after the first five games they haven't really thrown that much and those guys' performance really shows me that i think they should have sustained it like they should have been like hey russ don't throw picks not, hey, let's change the entire offense, 
which is seems like is what they did. It seems like after Russell had those interception problems, Pete had this minor freak out about <gasps> turning the ball over instead of going, hey, let's, let's dial make it better back. decisions. Let's make better decisions and dial it back one notch. Not, let's not do that ever again. Oh, my gosh. And now it's like, okay, they're beating crappy teams by one score. And I think the problem that they're running into with this, like, high efficiency type of offense they're running is that as Daniel likes to point out a lot <laughs> at least five times Russell is missing open guys oh my he hasn't goodness. been connecting Dude, it's on so the bad. deep shots it's so he hasn't bad. been connecting on the deep shots but Daniel now in addition to being the president of the John Ursua fan club and the president of the I hate Pete Carroll fan club <laughs> is also the president of the I hate Russell Wilson fan club because he never says anything nice or good about Russell anymore and he only complains that he is bad and misses open receivers. Dude. And ignores Tyler Lockett too much. Okay, so... But not today. I'm I'm not behind the ignore Tyler Lockett. That was shut down pretty early. <laughs> it's the... I will not throw it to an open receiver right over the middle. In... In rhythm. In rhythm. Under pressure. Like, you saw the play where he took the snap, recognized that there was a guy blitzing up the middle... And immediately grabbed it and ran away. He didn't go, I have a hot read for that. He instantly took the snap and sprinted yeah, to the outside. Yeah, he doesn't do hot reads. No. And when there is pressure, how many times, this year, Justin, how many times this year have I messaged you during the game and said, lock it wide open over the middle? At, At least, least five. <laughs> and, how many, and how many of those has he been sacked on? At least five. Exactly. <laughs> it's mind-boggling. Yeah. And today, it wasn't just Lockett. Disley was open over the middle. Lockett was open the mi- over the middle. So many times, it seems like he's like, nah, not going to take that easy eight yards. And instead, I'm going to try and roll out, and I'm either going to get sacked against good teams, because let's face it, against good teams, he's got sacked a ton trying to extend plays, or against bad teams like today, against the Niners, he's escaped, rolled out, and then most of the time, thrown it away. And it's like, dude, take the eight freaking yards! Or if you, or the only other explanation I can have is that he just doesn't see wide open players over the middle. Yeah, He might not see that, but Daniel, we've also seen him do the same thing. In this game, he ignored the open flat that's that true. he was rolling out towards that's true. in favor of throwing a fade, a low percentage fade to the corner of the end zone. Yeah, that's true. It seems like the only time he throws in rhythm is when he's made up who's made up his mind who he's going to throw to before the play starts. The only time he will throw in timing is when he's like, I'm going to throw to DK Metcalf on the fade. And he catches the snap and he takes his steps and he throws to DK Metcalf. Otherwise, he goes... Hike catches it, rolls out. Hmm, I've got Jacob, Jacob Hollister wide open on a flat. Not going to throw to him. Roll, roll. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Throw it out of bounds. How many times have you seen that this year? A lot. It's constant. At least five. Um, also, <laughs> I completely understand all of your arguments. But instead of complaining about Pete Carroll and blaspheming against the great Russell Wilson. Lockett I had will 12 choose... catches, by the way. Thank you. I think that's what I said. 
think I got it right. Okay. I will choose to appreciate the fact that they won the division. They went 12-4. and four. They earned the third seed in the playoffs. And because I'm not as emotionally invested in you as you in this team, I can just say, yeah, I appreciate those good things they did, and I can just not really care too much about what's frustrating. Let's take a commercial break. <laughs> I forgot we had another one of the those. The team of realtors at Olipen Real Estate wish you and your family good health during this stay-home, stay-safe time. Their team has health and safety measures in place to protect you and everyone involved in the process. If you're thinking about selling your home, now is a great time. There are more buyers than available homes. Many homes are still receiving multiple offers and are selling for above asking price. OliPen Real Estate will help you put the most money possible in your pocket, in less time, without the hassle. Visit SellMyHarborHome.com to get your home market ready. The OliPen team is ready to work for you. The scrimmage is brought to you by Ole Penn Real Estate and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. We've had a really great time today, and we are so, so happy to be back with you after an absence of a couple of weeks. We're going to get into one of my favorite the parts mail of the show. Bag. Yes, the mailbag. Send us your stuff. Send us your stuff in a mailbag. Sorry I jumped the gun on that. No, okay. it's fine. Actually, I paused in a weird way. <laughs> that Let's try it again. We're going to get into one of my favorite parts of the show. The mailbag. Yes, Send the mailbag. Send us your stuff. Send us your stuff in, in a mailbag. Mail I actually think that time was a little too slow. Can we try yeah. one more time? Okay. okay. We're going to get to what is one of my favorite parts of the show. The mailbag. Yes, Send the mailbag. Send us your stuff. Send us your stuff in, in a mailbag. Nailed it. First try. You can just edit those first two tries out, okay? All right, so what we're going to do is we've got three questions here. We're going to go pretty quickly on them so that Andrew can go home and go to sleep. The first question (laughs) in the mailbag comes from Lucas. And uh, with your permission, I would like to answer this question for all three of us. Do you guys have strong opinions on that? The question is, if if you were to be in the Cars movie, what car would you be and why? I'll... I'll, uh... I'll allow allow it, it, but I'm concerned. Okay. (laughs) Likewise. Well, uh, clearly, Andrew is Tomater. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Because he (laughs) is lovable and kind. All right. And also, he is the one who kind of holds everything together behind the scenes. I'm down with that. Wow. That was really nice. Um, Daniel is Lightning McQueen. Okay. Because he is pretty and he loves himself. <laughs> um, and also, Lightning McQueen would be likely to say, I'm fast. <laughs> and he wouldn't dance around it by saying, I was considered to be fast. He would just say it. By I'm myself. fast. Understandable. And I am Doc Hudson because I am old and wise. All right. Next question. Wow. <laughs> Next question comes from Sean. I'm going to have to lean. to be fast. I'm g- yeah. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I'm going to have to lean heavily on you guys for this one, okay? Okay. Sean wants to know, which Lord of the Rings character are you most like and why? I'm going to start off with Andrew as Sam because no, not, he no. is the most loyal person I have is... ever known, and he will never leave somebody um, out to dry, and he will always be there for them. So much like your Tomator references that you were making. And obviously I'm the Kraken. And there is no... What? Is that the wrong movie? The Dementors. I'm a Dementor. Yeah, you are kind of a Dementor. Yeah, I'll I'll go with that. 
Okay. I don't know. I that's how I view Andrew, and Sam is one of my favorite characters. So that that's why I would go with Sam. For that was Andrew. a really nice moment. It, is that okay with you, Andrew? Can I be Mary or Pippin though? Well, yeah, you can, because they're awesome and they hilarious. They can be their and... own person. That's true. Sam, Sam is constantly attached, at, like to Frodo. That's so Daniel a good point. views himself as Frodo, obviously. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, Fro- Fro- Frodo's an asshole. <laughs> oh man, I don't know, Andrew. What would you think? So you can be, you can be Pip. Mary or Pippin. I, Is Mary I'm okay a girl? With it. No. No. It's Mary a doc. Okay. What do you think, Andrew? You know that you know the trilogy better than I do. I just wanted to say that. Well, I appreciate it. I would I I feel like I'm I'm more of Mary or Pippin. I am definitely a hobbit. Um, <laughs> that's true. That's what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> I'm more adventurous than than Sam. You're, you have to that's drag true. me on the adventures. That's true. All the hobbits are very loyal. That's true. Uh, but the Merry and Pippin are both more adventurous and and have to do their own things. And I like to think that I sometimes get to do my own thing. <laughs> I, I will absolutely. You you are absolutely correct, sir. You are I view correct. You as more of like a Tyrion Lannister. Thank you. You're Who is welcome. that? What? That's Lord of the Rings, right? <laughs> All right, Andrew. Who's no, that's Justin? Star Trek. Uh, Justin? Boromir? <laughs> kind of an asshole, but gets it done in the end? <laughs> I can live with that. <laughs> can I be Voldemort? <laughs> he, who, he's, he who shall not be Saruman, named? Saruman, maybe? Oh. Snap. <laughs> I should he, be he insulted, I think. Alright, alright, Andrew, come on. Uh... Aunt Justin and I, who are we? Oh, both of you. Both of us, yeah. I'm not going to say who I am. How self-centered do you think I am? Is there a Frodo and a Bilbo? I think that, yes. I think that Faramir, I think Daniel's like Faramir. Ooh. He has he has an incredibly strong sense of what is right, <laughs> and and that is what, what drives him in. He also... <laughs> Has spent his life in the shadow of an older brother. Oh! So. <laughs> oh! Andrew's nailing it yet again! <laughs> this guy! Justin's a lot harder. Uh, right? I'm, I'm, <sighs> well, I have been working out. <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> he does provide a lot of the comedy that sometimes sidetracks oh, from the actual story. Oh, I think I know where you're going. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say he is Gimli. Yes! Yes! The movie version, not the book version. The book version is much more serious. And, okay. And the movie version is sometimes uh, disliked by fans of the franchise because uh, stupid jokes get made about him. Or he makes stupid jokes. Okay. So I think uh, I've never made a stupid joke. For, Oh, don't don't worry about it. Okay, I can I can. <laughs> well done, sir. Wow. Okay, last question. That was with no prep work. That's impressive. <laughs> this is from Francis. Is it acceptable to root for a divisional opponent once your team is eliminated? For no. example, when the Seahawks get sent home <laughs> next week, but the Cards are still in it, can you root for them? No. Didn't the Cardinals get Yeah, the Cards eliminated? aren't in it. So. <laughs> so his question, even though it just came earlier today, did not have a very good shelf life. I no, it this, didn't. I think this question has a nuance that should be teased out. It is acceptable 
in college football. Yeah, you have conference to root for other for a conference opponents, including rivals. Although it hurts inside, mm. and you feel happy when they lose, you're still. It's okay to be rooting for them to do well because it makes your conference look better and. It, and image is everything. And in, in college, college. that's right. In college, it underst- matters. Yeah, I understand that, Andrew. Except for the college rival part, I get the conference. I'm not like if you're you Washington, if you're Washington State rooting for Arizona, I get it. If you're Washington State rooting for UW, I don't get it. As an Oregon State fan, when Oregon went to the <laughs> national, went to the college football playoff, I could give two craps if they made the the Pac-12 look better. I wanted them to eat their own poop so hard. So, I will. Wow. I w- this I, show, man, I can't have weeks off anymore. <laughs> Daniel's it been, just builds up. He has been literally, if you can see his shirt right now, you can tell he's <laughs> bursting at the seams. He's unbuttoning another button, people. Another <laughs> button! I am way too many buttons! Keep, uh, Daniel, are there buttons on your pants? I'd like you to keep those ones I accept, closed. I accept they your when point I came of back. view. I'm not saying that it is you, it, you have to root. Like, it's perfectly acceptable if you can't overcome that. But I don't think that it means you're less of a fan if I, you're rooting for. Like, it's you're, you're, you have a reason to root for, uh, for your conference's teams. I understand. In the, In NCAA, the NFL, it is completely unacceptable. In the NCAA basketball tournament, I root for every <laughs> ACC team except for Duke. I was going to say, do you root for Duke I in the tournament? I have never, and no. I will never root for Duke. I once made one of my small children cry when he told me that he liked Duke, and I <laughs> very sternly told him that's not okay. It's not okay! I once went to a Far West Classic game. back. Okay, so this was first iteration of Far West Co- Classic. Maybe second, I don't know. I don't know how many iterations there's been. At least five. <laughs> but I went, went, it was the first time my brother and sister used to go with my dad all the time. It's at the Rose Garden in Portland, Oregon State, Oregon. They'd host a small tournament with like other random teams like Temple. And I got to go one year. It was my first year going. I was like six or seven years old. And Oregon and Oregon State were there. And we got to watch multiple games. And I remember telling my dad specifically when the championship game of this mini tournament came around and it was Oregon versus Oregon state, when the game started, I said, I don't really care. I like both teams. And my dad was <laughs> slightly disappointed in me. I got to say he did not make it known how disappointed in me he was. But by the end of the game, when Oregon won on a last second shot, I was bawling because I was so upset that Oregon State didn't win. And that's when I found out it is not okay to root for Oregon. Ever. Well, not against Oregon State. Andrew, is there a scenario where you're rooting for the Huskies? Uh, pretty, much, pretty much any time they're playing someone other than Oregon State or Washington State, I don't mind seeing them win. I hate oh. their fans way more. Me too. I never, I never root for their fans. Which is but something I'll... I think that's been recently discovered here is I have a real disdain for Husky fans. <laughs> and on that bombshell, we'll get to Francis's other question in our next show. But for now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and that's a good question. And next it's episode, be... <laughs> it's going to be even worse. And yet... And relevant. With that teaser. <laughs> and yet relevant. So ne- listen next week. So, 
for my co-host Justin. Was that his nickname? Let Andrew type that in. Let Rust rest, or at least five times, Domashevitz. <laughs> and my co-host Daniel. I'm fast, Hargrove. It's, it's true. Ask Chad. <laughs> Drop a name. I'm <laughs> dropping it. Who was that other kid who said he was fast? <laughs> Do you remember? I'll drop his name too. Oh, and our oh. producer, Andrew. <laughs> Sir Jan's a lot. Gross. You've been listening to the scrimmage. I don't remember that guy's name. Dan, I, I changed it from at least five times because Justin was pushing that so hard. You don't get let someone pick their own nickname, Daniel. Dude, he pushed it so hard. It- <laughs>